All right, Black Box Radio. We have Elena Davenport today. Say hello to everyone. Hi, everyone. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. <laughs> All of that. All of that. So we're happy to have you today. What do you tell the people what you do professionally so we can kind of delve into how that's been affected? So my tag name is Mega Mogul. Um, So basically that I am a serial entrepreneur. Um, I'm also a business developer. So um, I have a PMP certification. I help businesses um, develop them, provide innovative ideas, whether they have reached their glass ceiling, um, whether it be in any in any specific industry there's there's not just one in any industry um i have a lashery i own a lashery and um so we provide lash extensions bra embroidery and then i also have an online farmer's market oh wait 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 a minute slow down sister okay Okay. did you call it a lashery i did yes the lashes that you're talking about the eyelashes right lash extensions yes (laughs) <laughs> got to make sure, you know, I'm one of those girls who don't, and but I don't really mess with the lashes. Unfortunately. Okay. okay. So I, I got to get, you know, I'm getting clear. I'm helping okay. everybody else and I'm getting clear. So it's called kind of lashery. I love it. Yes. So with a la- so you actually do lashes? Is I that- do. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you- I am the owner and operator of that. So, I mean, some people call it a lash bar, mm-hmm. um, but I call it a lashery. Did you, did you make up that word? I think I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. I, I think I coined that word. Okay, I just, <laughs> just check I was trying to, that was my next question. Where did the lashery come from? <laughs> I don't, well, because let me tell you, when I started this, I started this about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was very novice to um, the East Coast, number one, and specifically to Maryland. Um, so it was kind of like, what did you, what would you call it? it? You know, there were no lash bars. They were very, very few and far between. And, and most of them existed in DC um, and then West coast. Mm-hmm. So there was really no common term to call it. We have you to thank, thank you. For, for all these eyes out here. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Actually a forward thinker because do what they're doing. No one knew that, you know. No, I know. And it was it was very interesting. It, um, if I can tell a quick story about how I got started with that, I was actually a nursing student. Uh, I was working as a CNA, which is which was fine, but it was challenging to juggle, you know, a constant working schedule with a school schedule. Mm-hmm. And I was in the dollar store, and there was a lady that was standing next to me. And her eyelashes were drop dead gorgeous. And I complimented her and she was like, oh, thank you. And then she leaned over and she's like, they're not real. And I was like, girl, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me see what you're talking about. She was like, no, these are extensions. And I'm like, hey, no, nah. And so she gave me the number to the woman who did hers. And I called her and I said, listen, I'm not interested in getting them, but if you, I just want to see what it is that you're doing. Cause this, that was miraculous. Uh, Lash extensions. Mm -hmm. So I went to the lady who's this woman that I never had meeting the first time went and sat with her and I'm like, oh, this is fire. So, um, I went to YouTube and I looked it up and I went and bought all the supplies And I practiced on like my family and my friends and I was like, I can really do this. And then I actually took a class through Evada 
which is um, uh, a skincare skincare spa, a spa specializing in skincare, but they held a class for eyelash extensions and I got certified and then I started my business and it just kind of blossomed from there. Um, I was probably one, one out of very few to start five years ago. And then like two years after, it just blew up. It did. It was crazy. Yeah, you got, every, it blew you got up. everybody out here looking like Snuffleupagus in the <laughs> no, eye. No, 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 no. Correction. That is not. That's, that is not. We are not guilty of that. That's a whole, That's something else, honey. Mm-mm. It's not the lashery, is it? I know that. Okay. No, that's not the lashery. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just wondering. I'm trying to make the distinction since you're out here making up words and stuff. Right, right, right. Right, right, right. Yeah. So the distinction is what you're talking about is something else that happens other places like nail salons. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I'm trying to be politically correct here. So no, I'm going to just. Them out. Listen, the Vietnamese nail salon. I got them out here looking like a, a lift, the front of a lift. Yeah, right. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, don't charge me with that one. Sorry, that's bro. Not, okay. That's not. The okay, I'm just curious. So let's <laughs> the lashes. I got one more question. Okay. What's the person who does the lash? Is it called a lasher? Or what did you call a lash? A lash, tec- a lash technician. Oh, lash. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I love it. You know, it's so beautiful how we make industries. I know. And, and, I know. and number one, beauty with women, we are. Forever creating industries around, especially black women. Absolutely. Ever creating. Well, unfortunately, we really can't take the credit. This actually type of technique, mm-hmm. I believe, started in South America. No, I don't think it starts with us, but we, we fire it up. No, no, yeah. no. no. We start a lot. I'm not saying we actually created, but once we touch it, yeah, then it's all fire. I mean, yeah. white women are wearing weaves, but when we hit the weave, yeah. <laughs> weaves yeah. exploded. So yeah. I'm and whatever we touch and we want is yeah. on time. It's fire. So, yeah. that's, so you do the lashes. You were, um, I'm trying to get your businesses together now. <laughs> lashes, what was the first one? The other one is uh, I have an online farmer's market. Yeah. Okay. Now tell us about that. Come on. <laughs> um, so I launched it last year, last summer. Um, and actually it, it was a more of a passion project because um I moved from Owings Mills to Baltimore City, <clears throat> and in my commute, I kept coming across this butcher built this building that was that looked like it was a it was a butcher, and I'm like, man, this is so cool. You know, I really want to be able to get my meats. You know, from there, I don't think that not that I don't think, but it, it's not necessarily all bad to eat red meat. I know we have, you know, differences in in different points of view through health you know, different health articles and, you know, surveys and, you know, publications that can prove otherwise. But to the truth be told, um, red meat is not all bad. It's what's in it, the chemicals, the, the antibiotics, the, the food that they, these animals are fed. Um, And so my idea was like, oh, that I would really, I would much rather be able to get my meat from a butcher who would ideally get their meats from a farm. Um, and when I went to mm-hmm. the butcher, they were closed. And I went next door because I said, oh, maybe they're just closed for the day or maybe like they're off today or they closed early. And the business next to them said, 
you just missed them. They actually closed for good last week. And I was so heartbroken because I was like, dang, like, you know, I really wanted to have or at least practice a healthier lifestyle. I really wanted to be able to eat the foods that I wanted to eat, but know where they came from. Sure. And so I'm like, hey, what if I just did something online where I could connect farm to table? We know that we have a lot of companies that do farm to table in terms of produce, but not really a farm to table concept that can do everything all inclusive. So all of your organic products, um, uh, which you know are non-perishable and mm-hmm. produce and meat. Um, so I came up with this concept and it took me a minute to kind of... Um, launch it. And once I launched it, um, I, I then got overwhelmed with all of the uh, feedback and orders that I had to kind of step back. And now we're looking for investors so that this business can be available. The, the, the website can be available nationwide. We were mm-hmm. only over, Oh, we were only able to offer it to specific markets. Um, and you know, we had to turn so many people away that I'm like, okay, we need to go back to the table and, you know, um, throw our net a little wider, but we definitely are going to need um, investors so that we can bring on the team to be able to support the consumer base that we started off with and obviously want to grow too. That's so, amazing. yeah. That's amazing. There's so many people, um, and me included, we don't eat meat and we're very, um, I want to source everything that goes in my body. Yeah. So, um, it's it's amazing to um, that someone would do it virtually and offer meat and and actual um, perishables too when it comes to like um, fruits and vegetables. Yes. So you always see fruit and vegetables, but not meat. And, right. Uh, and then you can source your meat. You know where it's coming from. Exactly. So that, that that's very amazing. I mean, it's very forward. You have a very forward thinking mind. Excellent. Thank Excellent. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent movement. So how has Rona stepped up <sighs> over that delashery? Uh, everything that you do, how has this virus came into your life and proliferated? Little Miss Rona. Let me tell you something about her. Tell me about her. She is a mess. Um, it's definitely impacted both of my businesses. Um, one more than the other. The lashery for sure, because um, that's cash in hand. Um, that's open and operated. Monday through Friday, every day, all day long. Um, And, you know, a lot of my clients still do, are still working from home. Um, And so they are obviously quarantining or quarantined, but are apprehensive about coming out. And then you have some of my clients who um, are not, are no longer working. Um, and so it's impacted them financially that they're not able to afford the service. So, um, you know, I, this, my business, along with a lot of others are service-based. It's a service-oriented business and Mm -hmm. a lot of service-oriented businesses are impacted, Mm -hmm. um, whether the numbers have decreased or they are just not able to operate at all. So, um, it has definitely impacted my livelihood. <laughs> um, yeah, most definitely. Um, however, I have had clients who in the moment that had the money that said, hey, I will give you the money now because I not only know that you need it, but when I'm, I might be ready, I might not have it. 
So I'm going to pay you now. That way, um, later on down the line, I'll be able to still uh, partake of your services. Wow, that's that's a great. Client. That was a blessing, more than a blessing. I'm very grateful. Yeah, I don't have them type of clients. That'd be a beautiful thing. Prepay. Yeah, wow. Rona has changed the game when they start prepaying. <laughs> yes, yeah, very grateful, very grateful, very blessed to have clients that um, you know take that took me into consideration that this is my livelihood. You know, I support myself and my family based on this, and um, yeah, mm. so. Interesting, interesting. So the last year is shut down. Yeah. And then now um, in the farmer's market, of course, you're waiting for investors. So that's not actually something you're doing now. Right. Uh, so business development, no one has a business. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. And I say that because as America begins to reopen, mm-hmm. I believe that major industries and franchises are going to have to be creative as to how they're going to do business from now on. Absolutely. We all know that um, life will not return as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, we will have to phase in how to um, just be and True. function and operate. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm optimistic, maybe too optimistic, Mm-hmm. that businesses and franchises and companies will have to be creative as to how they're going to continue to do business. They are going to fi- have to figure out a way that they can meet whatever ends that they need to, but also within the constraints that we're having to function and operate in. Um, and so they're going to have to do a lot of virtual business. They're going to have to do on- a lot of online. They're going to have to be um, innovative. They're going to have to be creative. They're going to have to be competitive. Um, and so for a person such as myself or even business consulting firms, again, I'm just being optimistic and maybe a little bit uh, providing a little bit of foresight or insight. I believe that it's probably going to be a great time for them to thrive because this is going to be an opportunity for them um, to reach out to companies and businesses and, and, you know, provide ideas and concepts that may be a little out of the box and out of the norm that they may not have ever considered before, but now under the circumstances they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do some things that we never did before. And that's a great thing. Um, that's a that's a great thing. We are we're gonna um, businesses will change and they would have to and definitely if your business isn't virtual then you're you're already gone. That's first yeah. of all. So if you don't have a way to be, have a virtual component, then yeah. the twenty first century left you anyway. So yeah. Rona came in and smashed you. So mm-hmm. it's like now we have to look at how we set up our businesses and and even how we set up our lives. Yeah. With this virus, um, with this transmissibility from human to human, so we got to just be careful about everything we're doing. But um, you got—you sound like you're a serious entrepreneur. You're gonna create something, so I don't give a damn what they got out there. You're gonna create something. You got it going on. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> I eventually would like to retire from lashery and just do business full time. Okay. Um, that's 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 the game um, and the goal. Um, yes. And I think that again, just being optimistic here, 
that this is one of those opportunities that you, myself, or anyone else may not have seen five to seven years ago, you know, Um, that there are stages in time throughout history that what once seemed ridiculous now is the new norm, like cabs and Uber. Yep. You know, where restaurants didn't have carryout. And now you have four, three and four different, you know, apps that are in competition with one another to deliver your food. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just waiting for the next wave. For the next wave. It's already here. I mean, there's no need to wait. It's just right. putting yourself in position, exactly. you know, to yeah. um, the gates. Yeah. You got to be prepared when those, when they open those gates, you better be yeah. prepared because it's yeah. going to be a lot of opportunity. Um, it's going to be um, some stuff you probably never seen before, but we, we learn from that. We're all going to yeah. grow in some way. We all will grow. Yeah. So personally, let's get into personally. How has it affected like your family and how has it stagnated your personal life? Um, so I have an 18, 18 year old. He, this okay. is his last year of high school. Um, And so this has definitely impacted him for sure um, with the distant learning um, and just not being able to enjoy his peers his last year Um, and all of that. If we can kind of reminisce for a moment and think about our senior year in high school at a certain point, you just cut up, you know, and he just won't have that opportunity to do that. And um, those last memories of that last year together. Um, So that has definitely impacted him. And he's pretty bored. You know, he can't go anywhere. There's not anything happening. So most of his interaction with his peers are online, you know, FaceTime and Zoom and, you know, and all that. And so, you know, I, I have to give kudos to him. He's making the best of it. But, you know, I know that he's very disappointed. So there'll be no prom. Oh, um, they are considering graduation being in December. Mm. <laughs> mm. I know. In the winter? In, in the winter. In Baltimore, that is not. A- I know, wow. I know, but I mean, they don't want to say August because that still may be a little too, you know, know. premature. But yeah. they're thinking that even students, and this is this is another, uh, this is additional information that I received yesterday. Even if the students did go away to college, most of the t- most students will be returning home in December for uh, winter break. Mm-hmm. So they're they're believing that that may be a good time to um, get everybody together. But now, I just got an email from my son's potential college that the first semester will probably be distant learning, <laughs> learning online. So he may not even have to be on campus the first semester. So this is going to be wild. Wow! Uh, yeah, this is really wild. And 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 the price, the process. I'm listening. Like. How are you going to charge? You know, when we went to college, we used everything. We were there, yeah. lived on campus, I ate in a, you know, ate where we had to eat in the yeah. alley. But now you're paying for all of this stuff right. <laughs> and you're providing all yeah. the tools. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. So I wonder how this is going to change education. I mean, like, are you going to charge people 15, 10,000, 8,000 to sit in their living room? And I mean, you gotta, it's, it's hard. I don't know. All these systems that we created or that men have created in, in the U.S. or even all around the world, they don't work, really. We see that they are either predatory. Yeah. 
or um, they have they have this. Um, it's it's not a real system. It's just something that we've done over and over and gotten used yeah. to. Yeah, you know, it's just human behavior. Yeah. But um, what we've done to education, what we've done to the prison system, so many things you can look at now. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, even 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 healthcare, your doctor's visits. Absolutely. I remember that they were like staunch on you gotta come in. We need to see you, you know, just to get this prescription. And now it's like, oh well, we'll just do a video chat. And hmm. I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, when something's gonna kill you, you don't want nobody in there with you. <laughs> right. Well, why do I have to come in to just be seen to just get a prescription for something that I've already been getting a prescription for? Well, let me tell you why. The reason why is because the legalities of it is because they need to either draw blood or just to see where your levels are at that moment. Because if they dispense that and you're in another space and something happened, then they're legally on the hook of giving you medicine and didn't check your baselines. Now that I understand that, that I do. There are some cases where that is very important. I I don't negate that at all. Yeah. High blood pressure meds. You're like, well, I've been on high blood pressure meds, but you got to check the baseline when you get new meds. I do. I get that. Totally get that. I do. Mm-hmm. So I do think so, that there are some exceptions. I do. 100%. Um, mm-hmm. And then I do it's believe. Because of corporate. They don't want no legal. It's the money. You know? I, I know. Oh, I know. Insurance companies. Yes. They run the show. So I get it. <laughs> well, Ronald came in and took everybody's bag. Everybody's Everybody bag. Getting money. <laughs> you know, but pharmaceuticals and hospitals. And so no one's making money now. So. Yeah. So, okay, so what are you working on? I mean, um, we see personally you and your son. So what are you working on? So when you get out, I know your business thing we, t- we talked about, but what are you working on books? Are you working on something that you're going to introduce? I, I, I am taking this time to rest. Mm. And I know it is so weird. <laughs> mm. I'm taking this time to rest and to be quiet. Um, and to enjoy not feeling pressured to have to do, do, do and be, be, be and go, go, go. Um, I am trying to, uh, appreciate this downtime and I am, um, because I do know that when things begin to turn, life will take off a little bit. and. Um, which it always does for me, but, you know, just even, uh, preparing my son for college, whether he goes to campus or not the first semester, he will eventually be going. Um, and so that alone, I think is, um, mentally and emotionally challenging for Mm -hmm. me as a single mother. Sure. Um, so I am just resting right now. I'm not working on anything. I am not other than my the radio show that I have, but I'm not currently working on anything specific. Okay. So you have another business. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's a business. And the, the radio show is specifically to the vitiligo community, which is a skin condition that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, um but yeah, I mean, and, and right now it's just entertainment and informative and um, a form of networking and building community. But mm-hmm. outside of that, I don't have um, too much else going on right now. Okay, so, so you guys only talk about Vitilago and it's more of a community. 
radio show. Yeah, I mean, we talk about other things. You know, I think what I've found um, through this venture that there are a lot of people who don't have the condition that are so interested um, and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Um, So they are listening. They're asking questions, whether it be about me personally or um, just observing and and just really hearing a lot from the people that are in the community about some of the things that we've experienced that we do experience, whether it be psychologically or mentally or physically or emotionally learning about the condition. Um, And I think it's been very informative and educational for the person who doesn't have it and very much a support system for those and and an outlet for those that do. Mm, So, when you come in studio, I'm going to question you because I'm so interested. In oh, very, yeah, I'm very so um, this is not the forum, but I'm very interested. Okay. Um, how does this, when did it start and um, how'd you feel when it started? You know, those type of questions. Yeah, you know? sure. So I definitely um, am very interested. It's, it's, a, it's very interesting to see the markings on people, mm-hmm. how different mm-hmm. people lose their melanin. Mm-hmm. You know, like I see like people's elbows, a certain spot. It's just amazing. You know, mm-hmm. it's amazing the human, how the human body works. I know. You know, it's just so amazing. So to have you be able to explain that and um, it's a safe space to talk and ask questions is a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it really is a beautiful thing. All right. So we're at the part of the interview where we have, it's called The Last Will and Testament. Okay. That's where you leave something inspirational or you might have this talent. Because you got a lot of stuff. I don't know what's over there. It's a lot of stuff over there. So you might have something you want to leave with the people, you know. <laughs> so 30 years from now, what you what would you leave with the people at this point to um, the jewel? First, I would say um, be patient with yourself. Um be patient with yourself. And I, 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 there's so many directions I can go with that. But um, I think that because of social media, we place so many expectations on ourselves. We compare ourselves to other people, what they're doing, what they're not doing, what somebody else has, what, they're, what they don't have, how they got to the bag versus how I'm going to get to the bag. Um, and just be patient with yourself and be patient with your process. The other thing that I want to say specifically to our community, the African-American community, that it is okay to share and Mm. it is okay to support one another. Mm. It's okay. It's really okay. Awesome. Chief. Thank you so much for taking some time with us this afternoon and sharing your experience and all the exciting things that you have going that and that you I know that you will have going as soon as the gates open back up for you. It's really great to meet you and great Thank to experience you. your energy. Thank you. Likewise, I appreciate that. For all the folks listening right now, if you've enjoyed this conversation, you can find more of the Rona Report at blackboxradio.com. That's B L A K. B-O-X-X-R-A-D-I-O.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Black Box and on Twitter at Box Black. That's B-O-X-X-B-L-A-K. Share this with your friends and family so that everyone can hear these important 
messages and voices from the Rona Report. Yes, we're in the Rona Report and it's 42420. We just had Elena Davenport. Listen, I am saying what G said. Thank you for your genius. You're brilliant. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you so much. This is Black Watch Radio. Um, It's 42420. We're out. Peace.